podcast listeners, and welcome to PWC Connections, the podcast. I'll be one of your hosts. My name is Lamont Henson, and joining me, I'm Courtney Lucas. And this is our first episode. Welcome, everybody. It's uh, Friday. It's Friday the 13th. It is our first episode of PWC Connections, the podcast. And we're very excited because we have a very special guest. Extremely special guest. Uh, What a way to kick things off with our inaugural episode with none other than our general manager and CEO, Mr. David Trago. Mr. Trago. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the bucket. We're calling this (laughs) our our bucket studio. So welcome to the bucket with us, Mr. Trago. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this and, and helping get PwC's message out to our customers and engage them. Like yeah, so I think it's great. I yes, think sir. it's great. Okay, so before we jump jump into today's topic, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, I've been at PwC since 2010. Uh, I came here. I started as the chief operating officer for the electric division, and uh, with the retirement of Steve Blanchard, who many of the people who are listening probably uh, remember, after he was here well over 40 years, I was fortunate enough to get the CEO position. Prior to that, I worked for an investor-owned utility up in Pennsylvania for 23 years, worked in the electric division, worked in marketing, worked in operations, and I was CEO of that organization for five years before I came here. Uh, I I enjoy Fayetteville. I enjoy working uh, at PwC and uh, really enjoy working for public power. Okay, so then that brings us to our first question, public power. Um, A lot of our customers aren't familiar with public power versus IOUs versus co-ops. Can you explain the difference between the three? Sure. And and in Cumberland County, as you know, we have all three. Uh, We have an investor-owned utility, which is Duke. We have uh, two co-ops, Lumbee River and South River. And then you have PwC being the municipal. Uh, I'll start off with with investor-owned. Investor-owned are basically exactly what they are. They are owned by investors. They're owned by shareholders. They are for-profit companies. Uh, and they are regulated by the North Carolina Utility Commission as well as the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Uh, co-ops and, and municipals are close. There are some nuances, but they are not for-profit entities. Uh, uh, co-ops basically are owned by their customers. Uh, they were part of the electric rural, rural electrification process that happened uh, many years ago. And basically, they are owned by their owners, and they give profits back if they have them and things like that. So they are very responsive to their customers. Municipals are very similar to co-ops. However, technically for for PwC, the city of Fayetteville owns our assets. Okay. Uh, Even though they're under the management and control of our commissioners, I know we're going to talk about our commissioners a little bit later. Uh, But again, we are a nonprofit entity. We are a component unit of government. So basically our, in North Carolina, we're not regulated by the North Carolina Utility Commission for our rates or anything like that. Basically, everything comes through our charter, which is approved by the legislature. Okay. And back in 2016, the legislature revised our charter, updated it because it was originally written in 1905. <laughs> long they, time ago. A long time ago. And, uh, you know, we didn't have things like podcasts and iPhones <laughs> right. and things like that in 1905. So the legislature came to PwC in the city and said, hey, it's time to update the charter and, and make it more current. And, and, and that occurred in 2016. Okay. So um, locally owned and operated, what are some benefits of being right here in Fayetteville? Well, you you, you said it yourself. It's local. Uh, everything that we do, our employees are local. When they call the call center, they're calling someone who's from Fayetteville and Cumberland County. So when they say, I live on Smith Street, they know where Smith yeah. Street is. Right. They're not calling someone who's at, and 
and again, nothing against it, but they're not calling someone in Charlotte or they're not calling some, someone somewhere else. So they know the community. In fact, a lot of times when, when people call over to our call center, they'll ask for a representative that they know personally. Yeah. It's right. kind of great. But also our leadership is local. Our charter requires that each one of our four commissioners are residents of the city of Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. And that means that they know this community. They're making decisions based upon being part of this community. Unlike shareholders who are taking, you know, who are from all over the country, right. they're they're taking a more global view of things, and they're obviously taking a look at the profits that they may be able to make as a shareholder. So, I think having that local control is probably the biggest difference between co-ops and municipals and investor owns. And like I said, nothing against investor owns, but I think that that local aspect is probably the most important thing. Uh, with regards to the difference in, in, in the different kind of models, right? I can identify with that. I'm from Fayetteville. I'm part of that hometown and the hometown utility. And as you were talking about with uh, being a municipal or also identified as public power, mm-hmm. that might be something people mm-hmm. are familiar with that term. What would you say some of the benefits of public power are? Well, besides having the local control and being able to to see the people who work here every day going, uh, you know, on a, in the shopping center or at the grocery store. Uh, all, I mean, there are other benefits. I mean, we have a real local focus, even when it comes down to purchasing goods in the community. I mean, we spend over $40 million a year. Big number. A big number with local businesses in the Fayetteville, Cumberland County area. So that's a real big driver as far as the economic development and the economic well-being of this area. And it's something that, that we're really proud of. And that doesn't even include... You know, our, our employees spending money in the community yeah. and doing things like that. And, 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 and you two know, I mean, we sponsor a lot of events out in the community to help the community as well. So so we put back into the community a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff to be able to help out. So so that's a very important piece. And, and I think having that local focus, you know, when, when our commissioners make great decisions or they take a look at our budget, they're always asking questions about how does this impact the local economy? How does this impact our customers? And those questions are very important. And in fact, you know, they, they'll always ask, uh, I know you two are involved with our community action group. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, community advisory group. And they always ask, what are they saying about mm-hmm. this? Because they want that local input. They want to know how things are impacting our customers. So again, it's just that local aspect of it that we're here in the community. We're not going anywhere. And, and we've always been a part of this community since 1905. And, and we'll continue to be that part of the community. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's that time to touch the, the hot button topic, time of use rates. That is uh, one of the things we switched to in May. We're in you know September now. Have uh, any of the results come in from some of our customers about the- What are you hearing thing? from exactly. customers? Yeah, well, well, first let me review for everybody who's listening. I mean, this uh, our talk about uh, implementing, implementing uh, time of use rates is something that we really started to think about 10 years ago. Uh, we took a look at the energy markets and we saw a disconnect between how we charge customers for electric and how we're purchasing it. Because as you know, we buy all of our power from, from Duke Energy. We're a wholesale customer. Uh, so we started taking a look at that 10 years ago, and it all started with us upgrading all of our computer systems. Uh, because the computer system that we had, it was fine, but it, but it did not have the flexibility to, to do innovative things like time of use rates or things like that. Okay. So we invested in that. And then right after that, we put in our advanced metering system, uh, which is basically meters that can record customers' usage every 15 minutes. 
and it, and we don't have to send out a meter reader anymore. It comes across it comes across a radio signal, so we can monitor customers' usage all the time. So that flexibility then enabled us to take a look at things like time of use rates. So specific to time of use rates, you know what they are is basically for, for four hours a day, we charge customers a little bit more when it costs PWC more for that electricity. And obviously in the wintertime, it's when it's the coldest. And yeah. In the summer, it's when it's the hottest. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, we're mirroring our rates to how we get charged for it. So then basically, by implementing that, customers can make very easy decisions to switch usage from the on-peak time to the off-peak time. I think we have an example on our website that if you have a family of four who does laundry, if they switch doing laundry from the on-peak time to the off-peak time, they can save 50 to 60 bucks a year. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That, that adds up. That's a lot of money. That's mm -hmm. money in our customers' pockets. And that's something which we encourage because if if they're if the customers aren't using it, we don't have to pay due for that. Mm -hmm. So it's a win-win. So the early results. And again, uh, a couple of months is not a trend. Yeah. But we're pretty encouraged that we've seen that our customers basically shift about 5% of their usage from the on-peak period to the off-peak period. And that's really good. So our customers are saving a couple hundred thousand dollars a month on their collective bills because of time of use rates. And that's what we thought. You know, I, I did get a question. Uh, I was doing a, a presentation somewhere and someone says, oh, PwC is going to make more money on this. It's actually the contrary. When we approved our last budget, we anticipated lower electric revenues oh, wow. because of time of use rates, not higher revenues. Because the consultant that we used who did time of use rates all over the country said that we we should see somewhere between five and seven percent of customers making decisions mm -hmm. and moving that usage from the on-peak period to the off-peak period. So we anticipated those lower revenues coming uh, coming to us. So we hope that trend continues. Uh, you know, we have a number of programs out there to help our customers with that. We have a smart thermostat program. Very popular. We have a, an enhanced portal that allows customers to go in and take a look at two, up to two years of history of how they use their energy on peak and off peak. It allows them to say, hey, if I reduce by 5%, how does, how does that impact my bill? So they can see what the real impact would be mm -hmm. on their bill by shifting some usage from on peak to off peak. Sure. So it, so pretty early on, it's been, a, it, it's been a success and we're hoping to continue that education. We're going to take the input from customers and take a look at how customers are using energy and perhaps come out with even more programs to help them manage their electric bills better. Yeah. I'll say um, I'm a PwC customer and we've been talking about time of use for a while now. And I was listening to what we were teaching our customers and I've implemented a lot of those things and I've noticed it on my bill. I'm very pleased with time of use rates. Well, well there was an excellent article, uh, I, I think, about a month ago in the, in the Observer that, that kind of talked about time of use rates. And they interviewed a couple of customers. And I thought the one interview that uh, that the paper did with one customer was really telling. And, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it in front of me. But basically, the customer said, yeah, my bill went up. But I know it's because I didn't do anything. Yeah. And right. it's in my hands. And that customer, again, what that tells me is, our education that we did, because we educated customers over a year about time of use rates. Sure did. That the customer knew that they could do things. They made the personal decision to not change and basically realized that, hey, yeah, I, I could save if I make those changes, but I just didn't make them. So I, I think if customers want more information, they they can go to our website. They, you know, they can click on the time of use section, and it gives them some pretty easy things that they can do to put more
more money in their pockets. Right? Super easy things like, for example, don't turn on that dishwasher until after seven o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, postpone washing your clothes until a little later in the evening or wait until the weekends. You know, it was, it was pretty interesting. I was talking to one of our customer service reps downstairs, and one of the advantages of the new portal is that the customer and our customer service rep can be taking a look at the same screen mm -hmm. of, of what they're doing, and that's really helpful. But there was one instance where uh, a customer got a, a high bill and was talking to one of our customer service reps, and and they were going through the daily usage, and there was this one Saturday where the usage, the electric usage, went really, really high. Uh -huh. And the person on the phone said, hey, that was a weekend that we were away, and my college student <gasps> uh -oh. was home. I wonder what was going on. But it's, a, it's just kind of a funny story uh. where, where that kind of detail allows a customer to take a look yeah. and say, is it is, what did my bill go up because it was one day, two days, or something that I changed? In this particular case, it was one day, and they yeah. said, well, "Wait a minute, we weren't home. What was going on at home?" There was a, so I imagine a that conversation party. was pretty interesting uh, at home. But I, I think it just shows the usefulness of, of a customer being able to call in, and our customer service rep and that customer seeing the same screen and the same information. Rather than trying to convey it over the phone or the customer saying, I'm looking at my bill and I'm looking yeah. at this. No, they're looking at the same screen. So so that's something that's really helpful. So if you haven't already out there, sign up for our portal. Go on our website and sign up for that portal. It has some great information on it, and uh, and I really encourage people to do that. Yeah, yeah. As well great. as the calculator, the time of use calculator, if you want to go ahead and plug in some numbers and see uh, how it would benefit your savings. Uh, we've had opportunity to get out into the community, go to a couple of community meetings and talk about time of use. Now it's just going to be getting adjusted to the winter peak. Right. Well, if you remember, not at this last commission meeting, but the one before, we have a, a new feature that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Uh, hopefully by the end of the month, yep. beginning of next month, is we're going to actually have an app for our uh, our customers. Our, our, How our, awesome our is that? Yeah, because because right now you you can still access the portal on on your on your device because we're you know device ready. Yes. I mean, but it, yes. but it's still it, it, some of the print is small and everything else. So our IS department actually developed a true app that will be able to be used on whether you use a smartphone or mm -hmm. you use Android. Uh, it'll be used there. So so you know look forward to that because I think that will also provide our customers another way to take a look at what their usage is. Yeah. And you know they they can take a look today what their usage was yesterday. Yep. So so they can take a look and say, hey, I did this. How did how did it impact my usage? So they can go right on their phone, right on their iPad, and and, and take a look at that. So that's another feature that we're going to be adding very shortly to help our customers better manage their electric usage. Electric and water. They can check out their water usage also True, on a daily basis, and and they get and they can get that and they can get that level of detail. And you mentioned that. You know, here's another advantage of us putting in our, our new systems and our new meters. You know, as you know, we have a system now where we can detect a customer if they're um, if their water if they might have a water leak in mm -hmm. their home. So what we get is if a customer shows that they've used water consecutively every minute for 24 hours, we we get an alert here at PwC. Now again, sometimes it's just a slow drip, sometimes mm -hmm. it's a lot. But we get that notice, and it's not typical for a customer to use water every minute of no. every day, okay? So so in some cases, if we see that there's a, a lot of water going, that may mean that there's a, uh, you know, customer may not be home. There may be a big leak in the house. So we'll actually go out there and shut it off. Mm -hmm. Or we may call the customer, or we'll send them an email and say, hey, it looks like you have a toilet leak. So instead of having customers call us when they get a high bill, mm -hmm. we're calling a customers. Later. We're calling customers so they can avoid a high bill. Yep. And that's been a real success.
I think it's great. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about local leadership. Okay, and our commissioners, okay. and if you could give us a little breakdown, uh, or or for our listeners, for our connection crew. That's what we're going to call our audience, the All connection right. crew. Give them a little bit of an understanding of how the partnership works with the commissioners. Well, obviously, our commissioners are very involved in in, in what we do. They are appointed by city council. They're appointed to uh, a four-year term, and they can serve up to two terms. And, and let me just kind of give everybody out there a flavor of who our commissioners are. I mean, obviously, they can go on our website and, and, and see their faces, mm-hmm. but a, a little bit of an uh, idea of their background. Uh, our current chairman is Darswell Rogers. He's a former investment banker from New York, and he runs a, uh, a, a successful consulting company here in, in Fayetteville. And he consults with a lot of other businesses on, on how to improve. So he's been a real asset from taking a look at doing strategic planning and doing, you know, preparing for, you know, you know, succession planning and things like that, because that's his part of the business. Uh, we we have Wade Fowler. Uh, Wade Fowler is a formal a former city council person for the city of Fayetteville, so he brings that political aspect to it. But he was an executive working for a pharmaceutical company, so he has a lot of experience, obviously, in business and taking a look at attracting businesses, and he has a real bent for. Uh, economic development and wanting to do things for for the good of the city and you know currently he operates a restaurant here and, and you know Fowler's barbecue yeah very good and, restaurant and it's very good stuff <laughs> uh, and you know it's a shameful plug for him but uh but again he is a local business so he brings that aspect he gets a PwC bill every month so he he sees it from the customer in a small business end which is an important aspect that he brings to every single meeting. He's also agreed to be one of our guests, so stay tuned for that. Ah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> we right. can ask him to bring some barbecue uh, for, uh, for the podcast. Yeah, um, and, and then we have, um, and, and then we have uh, Mr. Huff. Uh, he obviously of H and H Homes, one of the largest regional builders in the in, in the area, and, and Ralph is very well known for his philanthropy and his great work in the area. So he brings in the aspect of. Because we want to spur economic development. We want to have some good development in our area. He brings that aspect of, okay, I'm a builder. Okay, I'm on the end of getting PwC service to my developments. And he has the advantage of working with dozens of utilities in the areas where he's building homes. So he brings that best practices. He says, hey, you know, I'm building down here in South Carolina, and they do this. You know, can we do that? So he can take a look at that aspect of it and bring really, really good ideas uh, for us. So, so having him here is, is really, really good. And then, and then we have Miss Evelyn Shaw. Yeah. And, uh, and Evelyn's a small business owner. Uh, she, she runs a number of businesses and airports across the United States. So she's a true entrepreneur. Uh-huh. So she brings that entrepreneurship bent to it. And again, she's focused on local. She, her real focus is she wants people to uh, she wants PwC to look how we can engage vendors locally and keep more of our customers' money right here in, mm-hmm. in Fayetteville. And part of that is um, she worked with uh, Chairman Rogers. And Chairman Rogers, we have a multidiscipline group that, that meets once a month to see how we can better promote local businesses. Um, we call it the Building Local Business Group. And basically, it's it's members of all the local municipalities, Cumberland County, Cumberland County Schools, Cape Fear Hospital, uh, PwC, City of Fayetteville, Hope Mills, Spring Lake. We bring them all together and say, how can we do things to help promote local businesses being able to compete for our business? Yeah. And they have to compete because we're municipalities. They have to be the low bidder. But how do we help educate them to better compete? How do we help them compete? 
how do we take them through the steps? Because a lot of them say, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, it's, it can it, be it, scary. It's a lot easier know. than they think. Mm -hmm. and, and once we can break down those barriers, the better. So so we're really involved in that type of thing. And Michelle has really led that effort. And not all, of course, all the commissioners are, are very into that. But but that was an aspect that uh, that uh, Commissioner Shaw, Shaw brought to this and something that we're really moving forward with. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we learned something new, sure. right? Our listeners have learned something new, we hope. Hope so. Um, should we move on to hard-hitting questions? Hit them hard. Okay. Uh -oh. Mr. Oh, oh, please win is hard-hitting. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a surprise, everybody. This I don't is know a surprise. <laughs> well, before you go there, uh -huh. all right, we did, uh, I don't know if the word survive is what I would use, mm -hmm. but we did get through Hurricane Dorian. Uh, it was a lot different than some other storms that we've experienced uh, what is your feedback and our response to a Hurricane Dorian? And uh, personally, uh, being a part of this organization for about two years, the way we rally together, uh, you know, of course, it, I'm, people are like, oh, yeah, he's going to say that in front of his boss. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, true. It's, it's, it's uh, definitely true. We take the responsibility very seriously of being a responder to the city. But uh, that's just my opinion. Let's get it from the head honcho. Well, I agree, and I think the one thing that you can see, and it was, it was mentioned the Observer and, and those who probably saw the uh, news conference that we had beforehand, it's not just PwC pulling together. It is it is everybody. It is Cumberland County. It is the city of Fayetteville. It's the police. It's the fire. We are all in this together when, when it comes down to looking at a potential uh, hurricane or any kind of natural disaster like that. And you're right. I mean, this storm was very different than Hurricane Matthew and Florence, but that's partially because we were lucky. Uh, if that storm shifted 20 or 30 miles further to the west, we might still be doing recovery now. Uh, again, unlike uh, Florence, which basically was a direct hit uh, in the Wilmington area, and then it came through and just sat over, over uh, Fayetteville in, in southeastern North Carolina for days, this was kind of a glancing blow. It remained offshore until it hit the Outer Banks, so we did not get sustained hurricane winds. We did get hurricane gusts. Yes. We had some gusts over 50 miles an hour, um, but but we fared very well. If you remember, and I know you do because yeah. you were both doing the social media, we had roughly 50,000 of our 80,000 electric customers without power at some point during hurricane storms. We only had 50 customers out 50. During, during hurricane storms. Big storm. difference. Big difference. And again... Uh, again, that's just a matter of 20 or 30 miles of that storm. But I think we prepared for the worst and we hoped for the best because uh, we're not going to bank that that storm was going to stay offshore. It's better that we prepare. We, we, you know, we had meetings for three days on, you know, before it, making sure that we had everything in place, making sure we had the right parts, we had people ready, all of our employees were ready, and we, and we pulled together and we coordinated with the city, coordinated with the county, and we were ready. And I'd rather be overprepared and basically say, while we, uh, you know, you know, we were lucky, then not be prepared and, and, and have a bad impact for our customers. So, yeah, I, I think we were lucky. But again, I think, you know, we learned everything from we learned some stuff from Matthew. So we changed how we responded during Florence. We learned things during Florence and we changed things again, how mm -hmm. we responded here. And we're going to do uh, and we're going to do a check again. OK, you know, we were preparing for Dorian. You know, where did we do well? Where did we not do well? So when the next hurricane comes. Our customers know we're ready. That's right. Yeah. I the like old it. Adage better safe than sorry. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now can I ask my hard hitting question? Let's go. Let's go. Jerry Garcia, The Grateful Dead. Yeah. What's your favorite song? Oh, mm. 
I've seen you wear Jerry Garcia ties. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I, I, I do have a I do have a collection of Jerry Garcia ties. I I I, I do. Mm, boy, that's a tough one. You know, I, I I have to say I wear Jerry Garcia ties. Uh huh. I've never been to a Jerry Garcia concert. What? No, that that's because they, they were given to me. I love his ties. Uh huh. Okay. Um, but I am. Floyd fan. Are you? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. I'm a Pink Floyd fan. <laughs> so, you know, yes, so I'm a big Pink Floyd fan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Speak to Me is my favorite. Speak uh, to Me. Speak All right. To me That'll, be That'll be our outgoing music today. That'll be our outgoing music is Speak to Me. So, like yes, it. I am a big Pink Floyd fan, even though I, I, I love his time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not a Grateful Dead. Uh-huh. Uh, You're not a Deadhead, yeah. I do, I do like, I, I, but what I like about them was, you know, I watch concerts on TV is that they're, you know, they're one of the original jam bands. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't any particular song. It was just them. Just being there, there listening. Just being there out. listening, mm-hmm. you know. So, so yeah, I'm a big point fan. So you learned a little something about something new. <laughs> something new. Yes. All right. It's Friday the 13th. Any superstitions? No, because I was born on Friday, April 13th. So I Ooh, have no fun fact. I told you we would learn something. I like it. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. So I was born on Friday the 13th. So, yeah, my mom would say, pretty darn lucky. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for this very first edition of PwC Connections, the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for your time, Mr. Trego. Oh, anytime, man. I look forward to coming back. Chatting it up with you. Are you going to have time to stop by Taste of Fayetteville this weekend? Absolutely. We'll be there. We'll I'm be there. Say exactly. a little bit of everything. <laughs> we'll see you at Festival Park then on Sunday, September 15th from noon until 6 p.m. Swing by the PwC tent. We'll have a bucket truck out there with some linemen. You can meet them and get a... And we'll have our time of use information. We'll have time of use information and solar. That. So yep. stay tuned for solar. That's coming down the pipe. Yeah. This has been fun. Yeah. Great first episode. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to our website. The link will be there. Yeah. Yeah. This has been great. All All right. Until next time.